0: Here's today's federal newscast. I'm Eric White. Participants in the Federal Employees Health Benefits Program will pay an average of 1.5% more toward their insurance premiums next year. The Office of Personnel Management announces the new premium rates for 2019 ahead of the upcoming open season. The average 1.5% increase is well below last year's 6.1% increase for enrollees in 2018. Open season runs from November 12th through December 10th this year. Transportation Security Administrator David Pekoski assures the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee he's trying to turn TSA around. He details changes at the agency meant to address years of failing morale, whistleblower retaliation, harassment, and other misconduct on the part of executives. The committee demands the release of all documents subpoenaed as part of the investigation. The documents in question have been withheld or redacted by TSA and the Homeland Security Department of General Counsel. The Senior Executives Association wants its members to think about their roles in leadership positions and play an active part in quickly stopping harassment at their agencies. SCA releases a position statement on sexual harassment prevention, reminding senior executives people in positions of power often fail to take quick action to stop harassment, and they should stand up for their employees who speak out. SEA urges agencies to publicly acknowledge employees who do report workplace harassment. Two lawmakers want to codify key federal technology positions.
1: Congressman Will Hurd and Congresswoman Robin Kelly proposed to make the federal CIO position permanent and remove the old designation of Administrator of E-Government and IT. The chairman and ranking member of the Oversight and Government Reform Subcommittee on IT introduced the Federal CIO Authorization Act yesterday. Along with changing the name of the office, the bill would make the Federal CIO and Federal CISO positions presidentially appointed, change the reporting structure of both, and require the Federal CIO to give Congress a plan for consolidating and streamlining IT government-wide. I'm Jason Miller. Two other lawmakers want the Agriculture Department's Inspector
0: General to investigate the agency's decision to relocate two bureaus outside the Washington, D.C. area. Congressman Steny Hoyer and Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton write to Phyllis Fong, the USDA IG, asking her to review the legality, the rationale, and the process used to develop the proposal to relocate the Economic Research Service and the National Institute for Food and Agriculture. Hoyer and Holmes Norton say USDA may have incorrectly determined they have the authority to sign long-term lease agreements without additional budget authority. The Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee clears the first hurdle in authorizing the Trump administration's planned government reorganization. The committee passes the Reforming Government Act, which sets up a process for the Office of Management and Budget to propose a reorganization plan and have the Senate pass it with a 51-vote majority. Democrats agreed to the 51-vote majority on the condition that five senators from each party must serve as co-sponsors of the reorganization. The IRS fights to stay one step ahead of fraudsters that use stolen taxpayer credentials to file tax returns. But the agency's chief privacy officer says a rise in data breaches has made it harder. The Government Accountability Office found fraudsters tried to claim more than $12 billion in fake tax returns in 2016. Of that sum, the IRS paid out at least $1.6 billion in tax returns. Veterans Affairs publishes its analysis of veteran suicide data from 2005 to 2016. The data is intended to improve VA suicide prevention program. It shows veteran suicides decreased slightly from 2015 to 2016, although the rate among veterans 18 to 34 years old continues to rise. VA Secretary Wilkie says the data is being used to help build support networks and inform interventions. All five of the Navy systems commands get a $100 million ceiling for other transaction authority agreements. Assistant Navy Secretary for Research, Development and Acquisition James Gertz says he hopes it will let the commands find companies outside of traditional defense realms. Gertz says he's working with the commands to ensure proper oversight of the agreements. The Navy tells its commands they are responsible for keeping their sailors deployable. Commands will track sailors' readiness through assessment managers. The crackdown on non-deployable sailors is part of a military-wide effort to kick out troops who have been non-deployable for a year or more. The Defense Department gave the services until October to put a policy for identifying non-deployable troops in effect. And the Navy signs a new contract for commercial cloud computing services. As Federal News Radio's Jared Serbu reports, it's worth up to $96 million over the next five years. The Navy made the award in the form of a blanket purchase agreement to General Dynamics Information Technology. The long-awaited Enterprise Cloud contract will let seven Navy organizations the service has designated as its cloud brokers buy cloud services on an as-needed basis, and there's no guarantee the Navy will spend the full amount. Although GDIT won the BPA, it will mainly deliver cloud services from Amazon and, Microsoft. Microsoft's Azure. Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio. Find these stories at federalnewsradio.com and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White.